Hello and welcome to the Nine Free Talks, a podcast brought to you by the UK's largest network of state-educated university students, the Nine Free Percent Club Foundation. Did you know that 93% of the UK's population is state-educated? This number is not representative of the university population and definitely not represented in the corporate world. It's our mission to rectify this and support those that make it to university. Here on the 93 Talks, we will bring you content with employers, successful professionals and community ambassadors. This is a podcast for students, by students. We are the 93% Club. Serious about social mobility. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of the 93 Talks. I'm your co-host Joshua Best and I'm joined with the lovely Gemma Surtees, who is our director in audit from KPMG in the Newcastle office. How are you doing today, Gemma? I'm great, thank you. Lovely, lovely, lovely. We have a fantastic episode today for you all to listen to and let's get straight into it. So Gemma, my first question or topic I want to discuss is from your time working at KPMG, in your own words and experiences, how has the firm developed their culture to be more attuned to social mobility from when you started until now? Um, so I started at KPMG 15 years ago now, so it feels like such a long time ago. Um, and I joined as a graduate um, and I'm from a kind of normal working class family. Um, I was the first person in my family to go to university. So when I joined at KPMG, I was kind. I felt like I was kind of thrown at the deep end a little bit. I hadn't mm. had kind of experiences speaking with important people, um, you know, knowing how to compose emails and all that sort of thing. So <laughs> it was quite challenging for me joining. Um, yeah. But I feel like everyone, you know, kind of supported me really well and I kind of learned from what other people were doing. Um, and that was very much the culture at that time was kind of just to help everybody along in their own job. So yeah. whilst I came from a kind of working class background, I didn't feel like I was disadvantaged at all at, at that time. Um, mm-hmm. And everyone was kind of just there to help, even if they did come from different backgrounds. Um, and I think probably fewer people came from a working class background back then compared to what, what I see now today. Um, yeah. I think kind of um, KPMG has always supported people from all types of backgrounds because I think obviously it's important um, to, to be diverse because that's how you're going to kind of get the best out of your teams. Um, but I think one key thing that's changed in the kind of 15 years that I've been at KPMG is um, there's definitely been more of a focus on social mobility. Um, and, and certainly this year, um, we've introduced the a social mobility employee network um, wow. just earlier this year. I know. Um, so I think we've got kind of like four or 500 members at, at the moment. Um, but that's been really great because I, I think I, you know, might have struggled or other people might have struggled in the past and kind of not had other people's experiences to learn from. But I think by having this employee network, that's something that's kind of really changed um, the culture so that, you know, we kind of have these groups and forums where we can share our own experiences and, you know, junior and senior staff will share their own experiences about their own backgrounds. And I think that kind of does um, enrich everybody's work and experience. So that's definitely something that has improved um, over, over the 15 years. Amazing. So much to unpack there just from the first question. So <laughs> a social mobility group with 500 members in it for them, for all of them to discuss like their upbringings, their challenges or like what whatever they want to share with regards to like working in KPMG from their particular background. How have you found that space like currently like with all the what not rage but all of the like focus on social mobility like organizations like how have you found that group to how have you found that group as of now um, it's it's actually it's really interesting because people will share kind of articles um mm. and kind of interested events that you can get involved in so something that i've always been keen on is um, kind of 
um, going and helping out at schools and helping with employability skills and all that sort of stuff. But I'd never really had that much opportunity to hear what's going on. And I think that's definitely something that's been shared in the employee network um, quite quite a few times. You know, there's these events happening, particularly virtually during the lockdown. Um, <laughs> is anyone free to kind of help out and kind of coach these students with their CVs or all that sort of stuff? Um, and, and more kind of just people, you know, sharing their own experiences because, I don't think social mobility is necessarily something that I've spoken about that widely. So it's been mm. really interesting for me to hear about what other people have experienced um, during their careers. Amazing. I think that's interesting just to see a group just come, come just be developed recently and then, you know, it's taking action immediately just to help give back to society, you know, yeah. with yourself, Gemma. And I imagine so many different employees in KPMG from all the offices in the UK and across the world to, like, give back to their own community, which I think is amazing. Yeah. And it speaks to the culture of the firm. Definitely. Um, so my second question somewhat navigates towards, like, what are the what opportunities are available to members from, like, the 93% Club and Foundation in terms of, like, graduate opportunities or internship opportunities? And what advice would you provide to students who are planning to apply to KPMG? So, um, as I said, I joined as a graduate, so there are obviously a lot of opportunities um, for graduates, um, much more opportunities now than when I joined kind of 15 years ago. I think we have got a lot more diverse with the types of roles that we're offering. Um, mm. So I think at the minute you can join on an audit um, graduate scheme, which is what I do. Um, there's tax, there's legal, there's technology, there's advisory, um, consulting, all that type of thing. Um, so I think that's what's great about somewhere like KPMG. There's all sorts of opportunities to go into different um, kinds of professional services. Um, and, and kind of all of the graduate trainee programs um, are around three years. Um, and at the end, um, you get a qualification. So it would be kind of studying and working at the same time. And that's definitely something that I enjoyed um, when I was on my training contract was getting the balance between going out and learning something and then putting it into practice when you go out on um, various client sites and um, so that, that's kind of like the graduate programs that we do um, and then there's also um, the insight program where if you're a first second or third year student you can come in for a few days just to basically what it says on the tin is get a bit of an insight into your chosen area and see if that's something you think you might want to do I know that's definitely something that I would have found useful um, when I was a graduate. I'm not sure if it was around then. I probably should have done a bit more research into that at the time, but it definitely would have helped me to kind of narrow down, did I want to be in audit or tax or, or, or any of the other kind of functions? Um, and then there's also the vacation program. Um, so that's for students in their penultimate year. So either between second and third or third and fourth year. Um, I think that's a, a four-week four program where you come in and kind of, it's like a paid um, vacation program where you, you choose your, chosen business area and, and go out and do some actual work and um, yeah. so I know this I, it's not something that I did but you know people that I work with now have who've come and done that and then that's kind of really cemented for them what they want to do at KPMG which office they might want to be in which function they might want to be in so again that's something that's um, really worthwhile and also just something good to do during the summer if you're if you're looking for a, a summer job I guess yeah if you're bored in the summer <laughs> as we all are yeah as <laughs> yeah yeah um so I think that's kind of it for kind of um graduate positions and um, we also do which just just to kind of highlight we do an apprentice program for people who haven't been to university as kind of like an alternative to that so if you're just leaving school not sure if you wanted to go to university then we do an apprentice program um which is a little bit longer but ultimately gets you the same qualification um, and I think that's probably something that I would have done if it had been around at the time um it, it might have been a tough decision between university and, and starting work straight away but I think it, it's you know it's good to have all sorts of kinds of opportunities 
definitely. I agree with you in the apprenticeship route. I if we can go back in time, you know, before COVID and uni, I would definitely do apprenticeship. But unless we move, we can't go. Yeah. We can't do much now. But um, that sounds amazing. So, what advice would you provide students who are either trying to get internship with KPMG or trying to get a graduate um placement or scheme with the um, firm? So, I think the number one thing would be to just be yourself. Um, and that's probably the number one piece of advice for anyone applying for a job anywhere, to be honest. Yeah. But I, I don't think that you should take a job where you can't feel like you could be yourself. Um, and, you know, I do recruitment interviews myself. I certainly wouldn't want somebody to be fake to try and get a job because then you've got to do that job. So not be yourself. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's definitely kind of the number one. Obviously, um, we want to see people from all you know, different types of backgrounds with different experiences. So just, you know, be yourself. You don't have to pretend to be anything that you're not. Um, I think other pieces of advice uh, would be to do your research. Um, so I remember when I was kind of looking at graduate positions, um, I was, you know, doing some research about what what the business does and what kind of role I would be doing. Um, and, you know, the, the interview process is kind of heavily focused on what you expect to be doing in your first year. Um, so yeah. that, that would be a key thing to kind of research. Um, the key kind of questions would be, you know, why do you want to work at wherever you want to work? And, you know, why do you want to do this job um, would be kind of the key questions to research. Um, and then I'd probably say do some kind of practice. If you if you know someone who can ask you some practice questions, that would be um, really helpful as well. Um, obviously, reach out to the various student teams and you know people at universities to get some um, extra support. I don't think that can hurt. Yeah, amazing. You heard it. You heard it all here, folks. Um, <laughs> you know, be yourself. Knowing what, as Gemma said, you don't want to be someone that you can't show your true colors or show your true individuality. Because then, if you're faking it, you have to fake it. You know, from nine to five when you start your job, I don't anyone yeah. wants to do that because I'll be tired from day one or <laughs> first week. And then, you know, research the firm, research the business area that you want to go into, whether that's tax, that's audit, technology, and just make sure you understand the day-to-day activities or responsibilities that you'll do if you were to work at KPMG. And number three, as Gemma said, you know, just get advice or get help from people that you know to like help with interviews or you know, it's a case study interview just to make sure that you're more prepared and that you're more confident in yourself and your ability. So thank you, Gemma. Um, so swiftly moving on to the next question um, that I wanted to ask is along the lines of an article that I saw recently and it was along the lines of KPMG was the first major employer to announce that they're striving to ensure that 29% of the senior staff are from a working class background. So my question to you, Gemma, is like as a director within KPMG, how does news like this make you feel and was there any initial backlash towards an announcement such as this being made? It's a long question, sorry. Very long question. Um, Definitely no backlash at all. I can't imagine anybody um, at all at work would think that that was a a negative thing in the slightest. Um, Mm. I think everyone that I've spoken to, kind of speaking to my clients that I work with or just people internally, everyone thought it was a really positive thing. It's obviously not something that KPMG or any other company has to do. And it's really nice to see people taking proactive action and um, not just sitting back and kind of accepting the statistics and thinking, what are we going to do about this? Um, I think currently, you know, 29% is a really good target to hit kind of in the next nine years. I think it's by 2030. Um, But then I think we should be pushing even further as well. So um, I guess it kind of just gets the conversation piece going as well. So um, I think KPMG is always tried to be a leader in terms of um, diversity and inclusion and kind of leading the social mobility agenda. Um, and I think that's a really nice feeling for me is uh, working at a place that kind of does um, put that at the forefront and 
put that as kind of a big focus. Um, obviously, I, I am from a lower socioeconomic background, so it's really nice for me to feel comfortable that the company that I work for is kind of pushing forward that agenda as well, and it makes me want to do more to kind of you know narrow that that gap. Yeah, definitely, I agree hundred percent what you said. You know, if you're from that background or you know you come from that demographic, it does make you feel that much more welcome to see that the firm is trying to push to have more people from all different types of walks of life with regards to intersectionality you know, to make their firm that much more diverse and that much more widespread. Um, you mentioned the firm could be doing more to, like, increase that, you know, that target um, or just, you know, representation. In what ways do you think that could be done, um, not just within KPMG, but across, like, the whole professional services um, industry, if you don't mind? Yeah, so I think what the report highlighted was that we're quite diverse at a junior level and quite diverse at a very senior level. And it's kind of the middle of the road uh, where there needs to be a bit more diversity. And I think what KPMG and obviously other firms have done um, is really focus on social mobility um, when we're recruiting graduates and other trainees. But I think now what we need to focus on is kind of the middle management area. So making sure that people feel comfortable with the pathway that they've got to kind of progress from a junior role into a senior role. Mm. Um, and I think what we are going to try and do is make really focus on making sure that the junior colleagues have got that pathway to get all the way through, but also try and recruit some people at that level to kind of balance it out a little bit in the middle um, and just make sure that everyone, you know, Obviously, we're doing a lot of good work at the start to recruit people from different backgrounds in graduate positions, but we need to make sure people feel comfortable staying in that role. Mm. Um, so things like the social mobility network, I think, is is really positive to make sure that people feel fully supported when they're at work um, and in kind of initiatives like that. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Um, you know, working to attract talent from like those backgrounds, from diverse backgrounds, but then also working to retain that talent as well so that, you know, they can progress to, you know, to be directors like yourself or to just be at the top of the company in senior positions. Um, and I guess that does help by having networks like the social mobility group within KPMG and different groups such as that within the firm to make people feel that much more, you know, valued within the firm, just not from a not just from a working perspective, but, you know, just as an individual as well, yeah. to see that they're being welcome, yeah. which I think is 100% the case, especially with not just KPMG, but other firms across the city, which I think is showing the times that we're living in now. Um, um, sorry, I just wanted to mention something else, if that was okay. It's perfectly fine. Um, so some, something that, um, that KPMG and I think a, a few other firms are doing is kind of um, development programmes for, for kind of individuals to kind of help that, diversity all the way through the piece um so at kpmg we have something called the grow program which is something that i've done myself where it focuses on developing you as you've just said as an individual um to make sure that you can reach your full potential so i think programs like that right through um firms are really important reaching out to kind of different backgrounds and making sure that everyone is you know reaching their own personal potential um and also i think training is, is obviously really key to you know, make sure everyone's on the same page and understands, you know, how we can get the best out of, of our people, I think are kind of two of the things that I just wanted to highlight. Amazing. Thank you, Jamal. That's something to take away um, just for those listening to this episode um, that KPMG are, you know, reinvesting into their employees, like Gemma said, you know, to make sure that they're developed professionally and individually to make sure that they're just at the best place that they can be in terms of their career progression um the next question i wanted to ask this is going to take you back a bit from 15 years from when you started so hopefully this doesn't make you feel too old but i don't think <laughs> you are um looking back at your career journey Gemma, have you how have you found 
how did you find it beginning in audit and then 15 years later beginning 15 years later being a director of an audit and would you do anything differently if you had the opportunity to start from scratch so a uh, really broad question <laughs> i'm not sure if i can remember back 15 years it's a long time oh, i definitely would have been able to either, but you know take a stab <laughs> Yeah, so I think um, when I first started out in audit, I was not 100% sure what audit was. So if I was going to do something differently, I would definitely do that differently. Uh, so I think a bit of advice for everyone, as I said before, is maybe do your research. I, I think I knew I definitely wanted to work at KPMG. I really like the culture. I, I like everybody that I met. I like the kind yeah. of progression um, of doing exams and getting a qualification and I think I kind of picked audit because it was like the safe option it's what everybody else did I don't think I would go back and change that now because I really do enjoy working in audit but I just wish I'd done a little bit more research at the time Um, I feel like I was thrown in a little bit at the deep end my own fault because I hadn't you know fully researched the role Um, but I think it's kind of a a great experience um, working in audit you get a really good um, solid understanding of businesses and then if you want you can use that as like a springboard to go into different roles whether that's staying in professional services or going and working in industry as like a management accountant or a financial controller or something like that and just gives you a really good experience and I think that's something that I'd highlight throughout my whole career is it's been a constant learning process and I feel like I learn something new every day even though I've been in, in the firm for 15 years I'm still learning new stuff all of the time um, so that's definitely something that um, I would encourage people to embrace as um, a bit of advice is just make sure that you're constantly stretching yourself and learning something new. And if you're not learning something new, question whether that's actually what you want to do going forwards. Yeah, and that's interesting. The last point you made, you know, wanted to always be stretched and to always be pushed, you know, um, even an organisation, because if you feel like you're being complacent or you don't feel you're being challenged, that's something you need to like look internally within yourself to see if there's anything else you could do to whether challenge yourself, whether it's moving laterally to another firm or just, you know, taking a pause to see how best I can challenge myself. But how would you approach that situation if you felt that you wasn't being challenged in your current organisation or your current role? Would you make the switch or would you just try to make your day-to-day, um, day-to-day activities that much more fulfilling to make sure that you are being pushed and stretched within that current moment in time? Um, so that has actually happened to me uh, before I, I was kind of doing a manager and senior manager role for quite a few years working on a lot of the same engagements and felt like I wasn't really being challenged and wasn't learning as much as I had in previous roles and mm. um, so I actually asked if I could do a secondment and um, yeah. so I spent um, just over a year working in our technical department so I feel like I wasn't ready to leave and do something completely different I didn't want to have a total transformation and go into a totally new role so I feel like something like a secondment um was, was really good um had the opportunity to work on lots of different projects over that year period and it gave me a really nice break from the kind of day job that I had been doing but then yeah. at the end of that I really enjoyed going back to what I had been doing because I'd been learning some new stuff in the meantime um, yeah. so yeah I would just say you know if um, and you know we certainly have this culture at KPMG if you if you do feel like you're kind of stuck in a rut uh, shall we say just speak to somebody else speak to, you know speak to your performance manager or speak to somebody else and just explain how you're feeling and there will always be like an opportunity or something else that you can do to kind of explore how you're feeling and think if there's um, other things that you could be learning yeah amazing um you mentioned some comments um are those opportunities available to graduates or is it just available to those that um who are somewhat more um, progressed in their career within KPMG? 
Yeah, so usually uh, what we see is um, if you're on a graduate programme, you'd be on a training contract for around three years while you're studying towards a professional qualification. And what we'd usually see is uh, we'd like you to finish the professional qualification before you do a secondment. Obviously, there can be lots of other reasons why you would do a secondment, but usually we'd say try and get to the end of that three years so that you're qualified um, and then you can go and do a secondment. So that's something that a lot of people do, whether that's an overseas secondment. I had a a friend that went to Australia on a two-year secondment and she's still there and that was quite a while ago um or people might want to go into comment to different functions so quite a few people go from like audit into corporate finance or looking at deals or consulting and um, so that's definitely something that you can do from quite a junior grade um, but obviously we wouldn't want it to interfere with your studies and um, that's yeah. kind of why we say make sure you get your get your exams qualification first. yeah yeah interesting yeah i think that's that's a good holistic um, approach to take it. You know, even if you feel like you might be bored during the graduate scheme, make sure you just focus on getting a qualification. Then the world will be your oyster in terms of yeah. opportunities later. Um, so you did a technical um, secondment. Was that within the firm or was that to, I guess it was in the firm, I guess. Yeah, it was within the firm. Uh, so we um, had a, a an audit quality transformation program where we really took a step back. Obviously, audit's really important to the capital markets to make sure that everyone yeah. can trust financial statements. So we kind of um, did a look at our audit quality and um, did a few different projects which I was involved in. Um, so I kind of spent like three months doing one thing, three months doing something else. So that was quite interesting. Um, and a lot of it was quite technical, uh, researching lots of kind of technical accounting standards. But some of it was a bit more... Um, you know, practical where I go and present some of the material on training courses and, and that sort of thing. So that was really interesting and totally different to the day job, which I think was just what I needed at the time. Interesting. Amazing. Love to hear it. You know, um, a lot of things I can imagine, like during that school, you must have just been exposed to so many different elements and different areas that you wouldn't otherwise been exposed to if you just stuck, you know, with an audit for that long, yeah. which I think is key to those listening, like if you're going to begin your career. And you feel like you might just be in a rut, like Gemma said, you know, try something new, whether it's a comment or just try to get yourself involved in different things, whether it's like giving back to um, different charities or different communities um, outside of your nine to five, which I think helps everybody keep their sanity, mental yeah. sanity, that is. And that is also something that I really enjoy doing. Um, so at KPMG, we get half a day a month to use for CSR, so corporate and social oh, responsibility. Um, so that's something that I've really enjoyed doing over my time. Um, and some things that I've done have been uh, going into school on like World Numeracy Day or week. I can't remember if it was day or week and kind of uh, talking to students, like, you know, primary school age students about maths and, um, you know, finances and all that sort of stuff. Um, that's you know, really enjoyable and you can really see the, the benefit that they have from speaking to people outside of their schools. So, yeah, I definitely recommend people get involved in stuff like that because it is really nice to sort of give up a bit of your own time for that. Yeah with you all the way there you know giving up your time to help others i think is my passion or my side you know my side hustle hopefully um my next question for you um somewhat goes back to like you starting your career in audit so you've been you've been at kpng for 15 years like what's made you stay within the company for that long um has it been the culture has it been the work has it been the people or has it been uh, a mixture of all of those factors that's made you want to stay at the firm for so long because 15 years is a very very long time to stay in one place just say um so I think it is it's primarily the people um but I think that's driven by the culture so obviously I've been there for 15 years and I've made lots of really good friends in that time but those people have moved on to other places and I have stayed friends with them but that's obviously not the reason why I've stayed at KPMG so I think Mm. the reason I've stayed is because the culture attracts the kind of people that I want to work with um and and I think that's kind of the main reason that I've stayed I've really enjoyed um my work during all of that time so 
whilst I do audit, which is essentially the same for every engagement, it's different because they're different companies. So it kind of, it's keeping it a bit interesting. So one week I might be doing someone who builds houses. The next week I'm looking at um, someone who mines diamonds. It, it could just be totally different all of the time. So that keeps it really interesting. But I think there's quite a steep um, career progression as well. So you kind of only do the same job for two to three years and then you'd be on to the next promotion and, and you'd be doing yeah. something something different. So there is like a defined career pathway, which I think definitely keeps it interesting um, and has made me kind of want to stay. Oh, you make audits sound interesting to me. Just because <laughs> I, I ain't gonna lie to you. When I was looking at audits, I was like, I don't understand what people, <laughs> what audit people actually do, like in KPM doing other professional services firm. But I guess the way you've described it, you know, you don't get to do the same thing every day because you know you work with different businesses. Like you say you might be working with a mining company, you might be working with a financial services company, and etc. So no day is the same in audit. But I guess yeah. it's just you just making the most of it which when I was looking at audit roles back in the day I was a bit confused like what do you yeah. do on a daily basis but yeah it's interesting to hear that um and to follow up on that question um why KPMG specifically to like start your career like what initially attracted you to the firm all those years ago so I think uh, again it would be the people um but more specifically um there are four big four um accountancy or professional advisory firms yeah. and I'd, I think I'd applied to three out of the four because they all seemed a bit similar but in the in the kind of application process I went and spoke to people from each of those firms and I definitely got the best impression kind of like the best vibe from the KPMG people that I met and so that was my first choice and, and I was fortunate enough to get the job um, and I think that is so important it'll be different for everyone but I would yeah, definitely, definitely recommend going and speaking to some people that you know you might be working with um, I think if you're ever in a job interview and you're just speaking to one person, if you get the opportunity at the end, I think it's a really nice thing to say, you know, do you mind if I have a quick look around the office and meet a couple of people? Because <laughs> you, you, they're the people you might be working with. So it's important yeah, to kind of know if you, if you fit with them. Yeah, that's key. Um, so if someone's takeaway, you know, networking, in regards to like going to different open days or inside events, whether it's virtual or in person from different companies across um, a particular sector and just get a feel for what actually... Um, fits you with like yeah. what you want to get out of your career because as Gemma said you know you three out of the four big four um, professional services firm you know they might all look the same on paper but fundamentally they're all different yeah. in terms of culture the work that they may do might slightly differ it's just down to you to see the nuances between all of the different firms and I guess you'll know when the match fits you with your ideology and your personality um so to follow up on that question um for those who are somewhat unaware of professional services does as a like a career as a sector like how why why would students or graduates who are listening pursue a career of professional services um so basically it's split into different functions so there's obviously the audit function um which is by far and away the largest um the majority of companies are required to get an audit of their financial statements every year so that is what you would engage an external audit firm to do and um, there's also the kind of various advisory aspects so um, there's tax um, obviously every company has to submit a tax return they might want to take yeah. some advice on structuring um, any sort of acquisitions or transactions in the most tax efficient way and um, there's the kind of legal side to the firm where again we you know we 
could be engaged to advocate on behalf of, of a client. And um, there's also the just kind of general advisory aspect. So if a business is looking to merge or require something or dispose of something, they might need some advice. Um, and that is kind of what you'd engage some professional services firms um, to go and do. And I think the beauty of it is, is that we kind of, there's all of those different functions, but we all work together. So sometimes, you know, the tax guys will be working with the advisory guys on a certain project. Um, and that's what's so great about working at a, a kind of a big advisory firm because you do get to network quite a lot. Amazing. Yeah, a lot to take away in terms of like different different departments coming together to yeah. help act on like one acquisition or one merger or, you know, doing the audit for a whole conglomerate company and yeah. then, you know, just weaving in different departments. So you get to meet different people and work with so much professionals who are leading in their profession you know to learn from which i think is a key selling point for anybody who wants to start a career within the city um generally um so my question to follow up on that is for any student for students or anyone listening who wants to start a career within professional services is there any tips that you would give them in terms of like getting off to the best start of their career whether it's actually applying or whether it's those who actually have a scheme within those places like how can they make the most of it to make their career within professional services yeah, so I'd probably say um, start with doing your research a little bit. So I, I think when I was a graduate, I hadn't really heard of any of the big four accountancy firms. And so doing research into kind of what, what they do and where there are graduate positions is a really good place to start. Um, I think going and, and speaking to recruitment teams um, is obviously kind of a really big tip they're going to be the ones who've got like the inside track on what you need to do, what kind of grades you might need to apply um, mm. and all that sort of thing. Um, there is like an email address for KPMG. I, I'm not going to be able to quote it now because I've got this, but <laughs> if you right. have a look on the website, um, we have like a recruitment team that would, you know, advise you on whether you have the appropriate qualifications or, you know, if you were unsure about something, they'd be able to um, kind of give you a, a hand on that sort of thing. Um, and I think I would say kind of don't delay. So, I can remember being in my kind of, I, I did a four-year degree and I can remember being like in the third year and thinking, oh, I should probably start thinking about a job. But actually that was quite slow. I think you kind of need to be a little bit more on the ball and um, mm -hmm. think about what you might want to do with your career. Um, and also I think just don't be scared to try something new. Um, you might you might get a graduate position for three years and then want to go a completely different way. There's nothing wrong with that. I think it's just yeah. important to kind of like take all of the opportunities that you can. Um, and I guess in the spirit of um, kind of social mobility, just believe in yourself. I think, you know, don't let your background hold you back and don't yeah. don't be false. Make sure you're bringing your authentic self to whatever situation that you find yourself in. Amazing. You heard it. Have, you heard it. <laughs> Can't speak today. A bit tongue tied. But yeah, um, amazing what you said, Gemma, in terms of like authenticity is key. You know, research is key. And, you know, if you want to try something new, as we said earlier in the podcast, you know, don't be afraid to like branch out into different avenues, whether it's moving to another um, industry, whether it's into law or banking or whatnot, or just moving to different firms to so just make sure that you don't get bored or stagnant within your career. Um, before we finish today's episode, Gemma, is there anything that you'd want to share, anything that you want to um, mention that we haven't covered already in this episode? Um, well, just kind of giving you guys some credit because I think the 93% uh -huh. club is just um, it's just just amazing. Um, and I was telling my friends at the weekend that I was going to be on a podcast with this and telling them all about you. And they think they're all, you know, they're all from the same background as me. They all think it's a brilliant thing. Some of them have got children of their own that, you know, they want the best um, opportunities for them as well. So I just think you guys are great. Uh, 
So the whole team will start crying here <laughs> episode today. But thank you so much, Gemma, um, for being part of this episode. And as always, thank you, KPMG, for helping us with this episode today. Um, there's so many opportunities that KPMG are offering for students to get involved in. So check out our website. And I think the 90% Club as a whole will be um, hosting events and webinars with KPMG throughout the year for you to get involved in. Um, but that's been today's episode with the 93 Talks. Thank you again to Gemma for your time today recording this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And thank you to all the listeners that have listened today. See you all soon.